uh, you know, sometimes it's fun watching the Leafs, and other times I spend three 20-minute blocks with commercial breaks just scratching my head and having my hands on my head and yelling at the TV and yelling about calls and screaming shoot and screaming how did you miss the net and what is going on and that was definitely a goal that shouldn't have been a penalty that wasn't offside did i miss anything uh no sounds about right that emotional roller coaster ride that we're so familiar with and now it is packed to join us this season oh yeah yeah, I gotta, I gotta give it to the Panthers fans. The uh, the we want Florida thing has to be like one of the best chirps ever. Like Leafs Nation really dug themselves a grave. They're not going to get out of for like five years. Yeah, that it was already doomed. Like the second that happened, Leafs Nation got a little cocky during playoffs, and you know that it, it can't go their way, and it's gonna stick with us forever, just like this damn curse. So, <laughs> oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, let's Look, there, let's talk about it. There were a few decent players on the Leafs tonight that I want to give credit to before we get into the show here. So I think apart from, uh, I think the second goal, Samsonov stopped this from being a blowout because, oh my God, he got absolutely no help at any second of this game. Like there were so many saves. I was watching the game with a couple people in the bar that aren't like the, the hockey fans like they're canadian so they'll you know they kind of are familiar with names and some teams and stuff but some more casual viewers i'll say and uh they were commenting on the fact that like wow toronto's got a pretty good goalie right now like he's made some pretty big saves so like to the the naked eye like yeah it's it it seemed like he was holding the minute while everybody else was shitting the bed and i i kind of have to agree with that Totally agree. Tonight was probably Samsonov's best performance of the season, uh, only allowing three goals or two goals actually. One was the empty netter. Uh, much better performance from game uh, games one and two. And you would just hope that he keeps going on this rise, right? Like this is what we know of Sammy. We love to smile with Sammy. Unfortunately, we didn't get the W. But hey, these are plus signs in some departments. Yeah, I also think um, Nylander played pretty well, I think. Like, I mean, he had a couple of good chances. It says Matthews had five shots on goal. I didn't. I don't think I counted five, but I'm sure he got them. I don't think they were great. That was kind of what I noticed is as the shot clock was going up for the Leafs, I'm like, these are not good shots, though. So many are into the chest of Bobrovsky or uh, just weak ones. And any of the good chances they had, they missed the nets. So that's not even a shot on goal. Yeah, and I think majority of Matthew's chances, or at least half of them, came on the power kill, aka the PK. So it was nice to see him active in that front. I mean, for me anyways, Matthews was all over the place, seeming like he was the only one kind of doing his job plus more. But uh, yeah, more to dissect. Yeah. Anybody else uh, have a good game tonight? I mean, oh, Matthew Nyes. I think there were a couple times where he was fast and, you know, splitting through the D, breaking away with some chances there. I think he was really trying to show his physical offensive side and, you know, push his way through. And I, I don't know. I think 
he impressed me. I, I, it was one of those, he's going to be good nights, not a, wow, he's good right now and impactful. It's, it was a bit of a, a look into the future, you know? Matthew Nye is getting that shot in the top six with John Tavares and Nylander on the second line. So you love to see it all day long. Everyone's been calling out for this. You want to see this kid in the top six. And then we moved Minton down with Domi and Yarncroke. And Kiefa mixed up the deep hairs too. We had Riley Brody, McCabe, Lily, and Gio and Klingberg. So trying something new, also putting Kampf on the third line at one point as, or as well. So a lot of juggling, a lot of penalty killing, a lot of penalties in general, kind of, you know, deja vu of the, of the, uh, the playoff series there, but in the worst way. Yeah. And really <clears throat> before, actually I'll, I'll save that for once we start the show here, but, um, that was one of the biggest things was this is a rematch. It's how do we measure up to who we lost to last time when we thought we were at our best. And um, honestly, like a lot of it comes down to these changes that were made. Like everybody seemed a little lost. Passes weren't being completed. People weren't in the right spot. There were times where Matthews was playing defense because Klingberg went up. Like it was just everybody seemed to be out of position and lost. And just the coaching was not it tonight. That's all I'll say. Yeah, you would come into tonight thinking, you know, it's time to hunt. This is the Florida Panthers, the Eastern Conference champs and the President's Trophy winner last season or the season prior. So, you know, we have a bone to pick with them. They knocked us out of the second round, five game series. I thought the Leafs were going to bring it a lot harder tonight with that in the back of their minds. But I, I guess the new boys are still gelling. We're still finding chemistry getting Sammy back into gear and you know old old traditions never die even uh, during the footy session before the game instead of Kerfoot taking out a ceiling bo- board it was uh nice taking out the ceiling board with the uh, oh, really? soccer ball there so <laughs> I missed that. yeah. That's awesome. so actually yeah. um Justin is going to jump on with us here we will have the galaxy bean in, in a hot sack but uh so I'll just fill the time with a little anecdote here so we went down to watch the game in the bar and uh, i asked them you know quarter to seven i was like hey can we get the leaf game on when it comes on and they said so baseball kind of takes priority right now playoffs like it's phillies and arizona like who the fuck is watching this they're like well the big tv is linked to the one in the other bar so we can't change it i'm like you gotta you gotta be joking like i'm not watching a leaf game in like an hour from Toronto because there's a Philadelphia, Arizona baseball game on. I don't care. This playoffs. Like get the fuck out of here. Stop this. Yeah. So I had to pull it up on my laptop until the, uh, in the, this like bar lounge thing, I've got my laptop out watching the game with a bunch of people waiting for them to switch the TV over. So they finally did once the baseball game was over, uh, which was like this midway through the first or beginning of the second. So yeah, that was a little, annoying but hmm. uh, also i got this today if you're watching on video you can see my fun new cup that was definitely overpriced but um i went to a flying saucer <laughs> it's like a diner here in niagara falls um i'll let, let me put it this way it's a cisco restaurant you have had all the things on the menu before you've like whatever you order you've had this at wherever like it's nothing special 
except there's aliens all over the place and the decor is cool. And you can get these things where you get a bottomless, <laughs> well, it's not really bottomless, but you get this massive drink in, a, in an alien cup. So I have this big green alien guy. Well, you haven't been to Niagara since you were, what, five or six. So there's your souvenir for your adulthood. (laughs) Yeah. Since 1972, the Flying Salsa Restaurant. And here he is. I was just filling time until you hopped on here, Bean. I I thought I was joining a Leafs podcast, not a (laughs) UFO podcast. Niagara tourism podcast. (laughs) People are into that nowadays, aliens and shit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I know I haven't done our intro because I want to do something a little different today. We have a lot of questions because you guys tend to have a lot to say when the Leafs have a really shitty game. So uh, we're just going to have a completely uh, community episode. We'll do the social media scrum for the whole next hour and uh, we'll just go through all the questions and how everything relates back to the game. So we'll play a little different song because we're doing news style today. Breaking news. Okay. So, tonight on the National. Tonight on Leafs Late Night, we break down the Leafs' horrible loss. It's so so late night news. I love it. Longest road Uh, trip of the season. First road trip of the season. And wah wah. Sorry. Actually, yeah, that is one thing. We are going on a very long road trip here. They said it of like the south and a bunch of warm places. I'm like, you guys said Washington. I'm pretty sure Washington's not south or warm, but I get it. Yeah, I know. Florida, Tampa, Nashville, Washington, whatever. Yeah. So the way that I asked for questions tonight was um, that do y'all have any? Because I have one. Can Mo hit the side of a barn? Because. We've been talking about how we want to see him take a step this year um, back to what his regular form had been and what we were expecting him to build up to and really take a leadership role. Um, He was doing a lot on the offense, but nothing finishing. Like I noticed him nowhere, but, oh, there's an open net. Who has the puck? Oh, it's Riley. Oh, he missed. Oh, he missed again. Like I've never seen him play like this where it's, He's playing completely offense, no defense, and can't bury anything. Like, this was this was so frustrating to watch. Like, give somebody the puck who can score. Like, why are, why is someone else not taking these shots? I don't understand. Well, I'm waiting for Prime Riley to come back from the postseason. Uh, I mean, I'm always happy to see a defender score. And they were talking tonight how Leafs were 29th in the league last year on defender scoring. Um, We still don't have a goal from one yet. But just following comments after that question, uh, Mac at Master Sound 99 says, what do you want for 7.5 mil? And then Crispy Nuggets says, no, but we only pay him pay him to hold the zone on PP one dot dot dot. Oh wait, not on PP one anymore. Um, so, what are we paying seven and a half million dollars for for a second power play defenseman who doesn't want to play defense? Like this is what I was afraid of when we brought Klingberg in. Is this whole Riley uh, Tyson Berry two And we're I know it's only four games in, but it's really starting to shape up to be the exact same thing where. Somebody comes in and takes the spot that Riley was just building himself up to have 
and be very good at. Now he has to take a step back. He has absolutely no idea what he's doing anymore. And Klingberg cannot play defense. Sorry, is this not Tyson Berry? Well, not exactly. Um, yet again, I, I know it it, it it does it shouldn't need to be said, but it, it has to be said. Like it's early, it's still really early. So I think that we all need to kind of breathe a little bit, and and let the guys get used to each other because there's there was a lot of turnover on this yeah. roster over the course of the summer. Lots. Oh, yeah. Completely different team. Um, all down through the lineup. Uh, it's only natural to, you know, at this point, be trying to build chemistry. That's why we're seeing the mix-up of lines. Um, it's it's interesting, though. Fun guy at Southpaw underscore Cal asks, when can we really be concerned after the road trip? Because that will be eight games in. And I'm thinking about well, Fraser Minton. Think. Yeah, thinking about Fraser Minton, right? And Aaron also brings up a good point, like uh, saying, which one of these happens first? Leafs get a goal from a defenseman or Minton going back to Kamloops? Mm. It, it's got to be the defenseman goal, like, with how Keefe is using them, I can I could kind of see Minton staying. Me too. Like you're you're not expecting him to come in and score thirty five goals. Like he's I don't think he's going to be that type of player at the NHL level. Um, but he's definitely had some some game that that is good to see from a young player. And like I I know tonight wasn't the greatest night, but talking about young players like. This is the most tonight I think I've noticed Nyes since the season started. They I need was, to get him I was some more ice time. Came on that Nyes, that Nyes was probably one of the guys that stood at the most tonight as far as showing off where he's developed to and like you know where he could be down the line. Like you definitely got a glimpse into his his speed and strength of just being able to get his way to the net when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. I have a bit of a yeah. delay. I'm hotspotting because I have shitty hotel internet here, so I I will try to work with it. Good. I'm just trying to remember last season. Like we had the same shitty start. We were talking, you know, everything was falling apart. The first uh, almost ten games, wasn't it? Like I remember our first few episodes were like we were talking trading. We might not have specifically said this, but Leafs Nation was talking about trading Marner at this point last year. So I think <laughs> we definitely can pump the brakes on freaking out. But this is what, you know, covering this team is about. It's what's going on right now. This is what everyone wants to hear about. So we're going to talk about it because I'm I'm still not any less mad. Like I can't rationalize in my brain like, oh, they're going to get better. It's like they're not paid to get better by game 12 or game 10. Like we talked about this with, you know, the Bruins having a, a huge changeover and having a shaky start and then Tampa not having Pasilevsky, like they needed to come out strong and show that, look, we're no bullshit this year. They had the opportunity. And now look, Ottawa's coming out winning games like seven to one, like Ottawa's first in the Atlantic right now, followed by Detroit. I know it's four games in, but this is not the start that these guys all needed. 
Yeah, and it's hard, right? We talk about every game. We're going to see all the good, all of the bad, and be a little nitpicky. Like, of course, this is game four, but it's hard not to ignore the stupid little mistakes when the buds are not winning puck battles along the boards and then giving it away, backhand flip. Thank you, uh, Klingberg there. Straight to Stenlund, and he scores right in with 2.52 left in the first period. Um, This is something that obviously could have been avoided, but it was a no-look little pass thinking he's clearing the zone, but there's no way there was enough power behind this to do so. And then two minutes and 45 seconds later, another stupid play behind the net where, you know, uh, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson uh, gets his first as a Panther because McCabe doesn't win the battle along the boards, and it's just an easy play for Florida. Like, I felt like there wasn't enough compete within their game tonight especially with our expectation of facing the guys who eliminated us in the second round but that urge and that fight behind them it's like damn do we really need reeves to fight every game to get the boys going because the games that he have he hasn't we have lost and they've haven't had that mojo back so i don't know honestly i I think go go jensen no, no, it's, it's it's all good. Um, yet yet again, I I'm gonna I, I said it and and I'll keep saying it. I know it's still early. Um, there was some good things to take away. There was some bad things to take away. Sammy finally had a goal saved above expected. That was above zero. Um, yeah. <laughs> so 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 like little positives, right? Eternal optimist in me, just trying to look for something to to focus on. Um, yeah. I know we said that too before we got here. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the I know the shots were coming through traffic, but to be honest, they're not the greatest shots in the world. Like this is kind of one of them. I don't want to say throw it out games for him, but like he didn't play horrible. He didn't play amazing. They they just it it should have been it should have basically stayed a one one game and gone to a shootout. Um. So yeah, like there's there's the, the the mental lapses that are happening here and there um, with regards to Reeves. I, I like he had the lowest expected goals percentage on the team. I know that's not what he's there for, but that does it's not just for scoring. That also you know shows how you're playing throughout your entire time on the ice. So there's some growing pains still. Yeah, and some preventable plays, right? Like with Reeves tripping right off the faceoff on Verhage in the second period, which was uncalled for. Of course, we get one back with Barkov doing the same against Mitch Marner in the third. But overall, we have, you know, one, two, three, four Leafs penalties and in return, five Florida penalties. So it was just for me anyways, back and forth. And it was kind of hard to get that edge up on one another, especially when you're getting called within the penalty and you're going back and forth from four on four, five on four, you know, etc. So it was hard to find momentum. And I was thinking maybe Reeves would try and find that spark 
on the team or someone else, right? Like when they pushed Sammy in the first period, I totally appreciated when JT and Geo jumped right in to have his back there. But other than that, I didn't find any more physicality within the game. Yeah, like I honestly think Odog put it best in the, uh, I think it was the first intermission when he said, like these guys are like, the Florida defense make it hard from the second you cross the line. Like they're on you, they're physical, they're pushing you around, they're mean. And when the Panthers bring the puck into the leaves end, it's, hey, how's it going? Like everybody's just passing, they're, everyone's skating around waiting for, the, you know, they're focused on their positioning, make sure you cover the lanes, keep your stick on the ice. But these guys are passing it back and forth, completing every single pass. And what were the Leafs doing? pressure they fucked up every pass they were not completing anything they weren't winning any puck battles because the panthers were at their throats the whole game they were playing playoff hockey essentially just making sure that the leafs could not set anything up they couldn't play the game they wanted to and the leafs just sat back and let the panthers do whatever they wanted in their zone it was really frustrating to watch like nobody's putting no one's going to the body no one's trying to take the puck away from them it's wait for them to make a mistake and this team's not going to make many of them yeah, and one thing to highlight too, right? Florida's down this year, losing three of their um, go-to scorers, at least. We have Eckblad, Bennett, and Montour out who uh, scored 14, 16, and 16 goals last season. So we, we know that they're threats. They weren't on the ice tonight. I know the Leafs are still trying to gel, but we should have had some sort of advantage on them, right? Like, and Bob hasn't been playing well. Uh, he he entered tonight with an 888 save percentage, uh, only having one win in hand uh, on two losses. Um, it's you're right, Roscoe. That it's just I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's unexplainable to to uh, really understand what's going through their minds yeah okay so next question i've got here um <clears throat> this is from uh either be good at other bati to riley brody lilligren robertson gone add pareko dumba retired geo not matthews or nylander taking the most uh shots in the ozone it was mo tonight i'm paraphrasing that but just for clarity so yeah i mean Obviously not the numbers, but it seemed like Mo was the one that was in the position for a lot of these offensive chances when, like, I don't know how that happens. Like, how does he end up being the closest one to the net here to get a stick on it? Like, why why is this how the plays are are, are shaking out, that it, it keeps ending up being Riley with the open net there? Like, I know it's a chance thing that the puck skips over to where it's open, but, like, really, it, it shows that they, they were all out of position tonight. Like, nobody knew... There wasn't a lot of communication going on. Like there were times when the puck was leaving Florida's zone and it would like go right through the center of the ice and everyone looked at each other and it was like, oh shit. And then Marner would jump on it last right before it left the zone. Yeah. It's like, they're just not communicating at all. And I, this is something that's really odd for this team. Like we weren't worried about this in preseason. Like we were talking so much about how we're just able to watch the young guys and and what's exciting about, you know, these younger people that are coming in, Minton and Cowan and um, Nyes. Robertson but really like all of the like stars of this team like all the way down to even like Yarncroke and Camp like nobody could make a pass tonight mm-hmm 
Yeah, and the, the Panthers capitalized on their chances. I mean, the Leafs only had two giveaways in the first period, and uh, they capitalized on one of them. Uh, Florida had eight. And the penalties, too, right? And the non-calls for a second. Let, just to bring up, like, for example. No, but hey, we're still on a question here. We still have the half, other half of the question. So if it's not about Nylander taking the shot or um, Mo taking the shots, then I got to go to the other part of the question. We're sticking to this. We'll find. We'll get okay. to your thing in another question. I promise. Well, this team has always been. Well, not necessarily always, but they like to give their their whole team kind of free will to to float around, right? Like Toronto is at its most dangerous when everybody's clicking and everybody's moving, not when you're shutting everything down and stapling your defensemen to the blue line. I get it. It can look really weird having Riley down there so often, but that is also made for some great chances. Like look at the series clincher. Well, you're right. Like look at the series clincher against Tampa, right? So it's, and I sound like a broken record, but as you said, with nobody communicating, you know, times when it looked like people didn't know what the hell was going on, there's a lot of new faces still, not to mention Guy Boucher coming over. So you have a new coach for the power play. Um, who knows what else he's he's getting involved in. So there's there's definitely some areas that it's kind of like, what the hell's going on? Especially as Leaf fans who we've been seeing this team be a consistent 100-point team all the time. Um, but it's it it's it's early. I hate I hate keep saying it, but I, I don't I, I personally it, don't. We got 80 more shows to do this year. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it won't be early at that point. Um, no, I, I don't mind seeing Riley down there, like, because that's what he needs to do to be his most effective. Long-winded answer. No, and you're, and you're right. When when they are playing well, that's what's dangerous about this team. Is you know people can jump in from anywhere, but when they're not, it's like you can't you can't start getting loosey goosey when you don't have the foundation there and the fundamentals. And that's what it seemed like tonight. It's like you gotta you gotta walk before you can run so the other part of this question the bigger part riley brody lilligren robertson gone add pareko dumba and retired geo so you're losing four guys five and you're adding dumba and pareko so i mean i i understand what the sentiment is here it's that brody is not what he used to be, um, the few times that he lies down to block shots is not going to keep him around on this team. Um, Lilligren is really got to start picking it up because there have been some really bad turnovers. Um, and, I mean, Riley, I don't blame him. I think it's this whole thing with, like, you can't have him and Klingberg. And I, I was worried about this from the second we signed Klingberg. Like, I don't think this is going to work again. So it's either you let your guy that you've been you've had here since the beginning of his career – grow into what you want him to and continue to shine in that role or you just keep bumping him down like it's it's like what we were talking about bringing martin jones in like are you going to really bump wall down to put martin jones in like that's what it it felt like it's like we we already got here with riley we signed him to a long deal like why are we bumping him down for klingberg it's so stupid robertson is a tough one i don't know if i want to touch that but like the whole idea is bringing pareko and dumba in as a more solid meaner physical defense like i was talking about florida's able to have like i 
I get it. We, we could have got Dumbit instead of Klingberg. Like, I don't disagree. I don't think Geo's playable anymore either. Geo definitely has to be uh, metered back with regards to his minutes. Um, we mentioned that even a couple times last year. Like, love the guy. I love everything he's brought to the team since he's been there, but I don't think you're you're good for dressing him 82 games in the year. It's like where we got with but, Thornton. Yeah, but with with the Timmons injury, I think it kind of forced the hand because I honestly completely expected Timmons to start over Geo if everyone was healthy. I always forget um, Timmons is hurt. Yeah, so there's, so there's that. And then with regards to, like, this isn't NHL 24. I, I get the, the sentiment that he's trying to go for, for getting Pareko, getting Dumba, but it, it's to do those two deals in the same season without completely mortgaging your future. I know we need to win now, however you want to say it, but you're basically taking almost your whole decor and throwing it out and starting new. That would be worse than sticking with this for the rest of the season. Yeah. Like 100%. You're you're get like Geo, Lily, Brody and Riley. There's four of your six defensemen. That's gone. what I mean is And you're replacing you're them losing. with two. So then you have Pareko, McCabe, Dumba, Timmins, who, who's your other two defensemen? You're pulling up kids from the Marlies who are going to be thrown to the Wolves. Like it's it I I won't say cuz I've said it enough tonight, but that's uh, that. I I like the idea, but that's not the way to go about it. Yeah, like I understand it. I think we're all on the same page. Like we get what the point of it is. It's just it's it's not as easy as that. And I think I think the one that you can do is once Timmons is back, you you start to cut Geo's minutes down, like you said. And I think Brody's got to move, man. I think just money-wise and effectiveness, I think you've got to find something, somebody that... But, like, who? Who's going to be available mid-season, right? Well, not only that, you also have to remember, like, Brody's off-season training, his training camp, everything was completely interrupted by the passing of his father. So this is... My, my my only thought is that this is Brody in like mid August form, right? Yeah. And that he's just got to play himself out of it. Um, knock on wood, I I haven't gone through that, but I can't imagine it would be something easy to go through. So especially when you you work in a media madhouse like Toronto. It's funny the the media madhouse thing came up today during the game when. Um... So Justin, I mentioned I was watching with a bunch of uh, my coworkers who are more casual fans, and um, the hockey interviews. They were laughing at how it's like they all sound exactly the same. And and my buddy Leaf fan and I were like, well, I mean, it's Toronto. They train them all to say absolutely nothing because if they let anything emotion or info wise out, it creates like headlines left and right. So it's it's a double edged sword. It makes for shitty interviews and no news. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty okay, much. Uh, at Connor D. Ward 29, um, are we ever going to get a goal from outside of the top six? 
Um, I don't think it counts if that person moves into the top six to get said goal. (laughs) Are we forgetting the first scorer of the year? Uh, It was Gregor. Gregor, yeah. I mean, in a 5-5 shootout game. But I mean, when it matters. And this is something that happened last year too, where like, really you're not getting any goals from your bottom six outside of on a penalty kill sometimes from camp or like when Engvall would get something. But I mean, the Engvall, Mikheyev and camp thing didn't work last year. And this year, I mean, yeah, some of these guys are starting to look good, but anytime they look good, we move them into the top six. <laughs> that I think there's something to be said for that, like what you just said there, because Yes, there's benefits to juggling guys around so that you get familiar playing with everybody. But at the same time, you do need to have a chance to build some sort of chemistry. Because if you have no idea what your line mate is doing because they keep changing every shift, like th- th- that can be tough. Like Mitch and Austin, they've been playing together for, what, seven years now? Like they know what they're doing. Willie, when he's out there, he knows what he like same with jt like they all know what they're gonna do because they've all been playing together lots of minutes for so long whereas all these new guys are coming in and it feels like every shift they have new line mates yeah and their time on ice tonight for that fourth line um floating or between the six and nine minute mark uh gregor leading the way I just want to highlight for a sec when, since we're talking about him, that opportunity at the sec, at the end of the second period, him rushing down towards the net one-handed, you know, just feeding off the defender there with the other hand, and he's diving, and then he flicks it um, towards the net with the one hand there, and I'm like, oh my god, this is exactly what we need to go in at this moment, but... Yeah, unfortunately, the net comes off. We think it's a a good goal, a, pa- a penalty, or we don't really know, right? But this this is something like a little jump that happened tonight that I was excited about. Um, but unfortunately, it was my only memory of Gregor tonight. Yeah, like that's one thing I've, I've kind of noticed this year. I don't know if it's... Uh an effort by the coaching staff telling everybody that they, if they're doing a rush, they have to do this. But I've been noticing a lot more driving to the net, like lowering your shoulder, leaning in, driving to the net, a la Rick Nash from the early two thousands, like mm-hmm. no more racing into the zone. You have a little bit of a step and you stop up at the top of the circle and throw it on net. Like the guys are really digging in and really trying to carry themselves into the dirty area to get those good scoring chances. Like that was an excellent move and a great rush by Gregor. And that's something that the cardio kids that Dubas would have brought in over the last handful (laughs) of years wouldn't do. They would skate up the ice. They would get into that position, but then they'd stop up and and either give the puck up or just lob it at the net. 
Yeah. Or turn back, look for someone, look for help, even though they do have the time and space. And it was kind of like they got a little scared. So that's what I really appreciate about Gregor's game. Just like you said, he rushes towards the net. He's not afraid to be taken down. That one-handed little stick flip. Man, that if that would have went in, oh, impressive. But uh, too bad Nice didn't get the goal on that one once, once we got the call on no goal. Just the penalty to start the third period. Now, it, it, I might be mistaken because it's been a while since I've seen any of the episodes, but is there not a Game of Thrones character named Gregor or something? Every time I hear his name, I think of Game of Thrones. You're asking Wasn't the wrong like person. Gregor Clegane or something like that? Can you guys I'm... hear me, by the way? I got kicked. Yes. Yep. Cool. Never have I ever watched Game of Thrones. Sorry. Maybe, okay. Maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> You might be right. But, yeah. Um, yes, Gregor Cle- just, oh. Clegane. Oh. Clegane, I don't know. You're right. Okay, so I'm not completely insane. Portrayed <laughs> by... Um, I'm going to attempt to pronounce this guy's name. <coughs> um, that wasn't it. Um, That's not a name. <laughs> No. I don't know how to. Okay, I'm gonna share the screen here. I don't know how to say this letter. Is it English? Nope. Is he gonna let me share this? Yeah. Here. How would you say that? Half. Is that a B or a P? It's both of them at the same time. Oh my god. Well, yeah, that's the actor. Yeah. So it's yeah, this guy, Gregor. Bjornson. Just go with last names. Yeah. Half half Bjorn Julius Bjornson who plays him. Yeah, I don't know. Fucking Game of Thrones. There's your Good try. Media for the day. Um so next question. Why were we so excited about Bertuzzi and Domi? Did Domi complete a single pass tonight? That's from Owen Frank at Owen Frank. Why were we excited? I mean, Bertuzzi's well, got the flow. <laughs> honestly, I, I've honestly, outside of tonight where everyone was kind of shit, I've liked what Bertuzzi brings to Mitch and, and Austin's line. I think he's good at, um, he's going to be a good you know, Hyman bunting replacement, which is exactly what he was supposed to be, but a little more effective. So I don't know. I like what it is so far. It's a little pricey for what it is, but he's fun. I like his hair. (laughs) Domi had a good chance in the third period when he was behind Bob there. And then Bertuzzi and Kampf came rushing in. And unfortunately, both of them failed on the attempt and, uh, I was really hoping, you know, I'm I'm waiting and waiting for Domi to get his first goal as a Leaf. But, of course, the last bit of our core scores, which is also great. But, hey, I think the excitement is all because, you know, these are moves that Kyle Dubas wouldn't have done. Like, people were crying for Bertuzzi and Domi. And I, I don't think he was the type of GM to go after these types of players. So it was kind of a 
dream come true, nostalgic little checklist for people. And the expectations are high. I mean, we've talked about Bertuzzi being a 30 goal scorer. Domi had a 28 goal season. Like these guys are finally um, fixtures that can finish, not just bottom barrel guys picked to complement the core. Like they're actually known for playing on the first line for, for from their previous teams, being power play specialists at times, and we're just hoping for it to work with our Leafs. Well, and and like Bert was supposed to be one of the better pickups of the trade deadline last year, right? Like that was someone that a lot of people were trying to target because he plays with that edge. He can play on your top line. He can play that nasty, dirty style. Um, and, and he can pot in a goal here and there. Now with Domi, it's a little hit or miss. Cause I think a lot of fans are falling in love with the name coming back to Toronto. I'm one of them. I love it. Um, yep. But at the same time, when Domi's at his best, like, he's a little bulldog out there. He's not going to, like, okay, I'm not saying he's not going to, but chances of him getting into a fight are pretty slim. But he battles every play. Like, that's the that's the style we need to bring back more of because we lost, like Roscoe said, we lost that with a Hyman. We lost that with a Bunting. We lost that going back with, when we lost Brown, right? So those types of players, like, he's making a little more than probably he should. But I think some of that is the the potential that he has for goals because he has been a, a twenty to thirty goal range guy, right? So, um, I I, I like I, I I'm still happy with it. I still think we're in a better spot than we were. Um, it's just, yeah, Domi Domi will it it he'll come around. He'll get it. He's had some flashes. He just needs to find his place here because everyone's getting used to their different minutes and roles. Like even like Marner played almost 24 minutes tonight. Holy shit. Like mm-hmm. That's crazy. Matthew's 2408. Um, they're also, I mean, with yeah, the, the penalty kill and power plays, they were out quite a bit. You know, this was a, a specialty team game and that's kind of all their yeah. territory. Right. So speaking of also, penalty, that's kill, the other thing is Matthews. it cuts down on how much time the third and fourth lines are even out there. Sorry, go on. Uh, no, just Matthews on that one penalty kill. They camp. I can't remember who was out there with camp. Camp and someone took the draw. Puck clears out. Marner and Matthews come out. Matthews just completely plants himself on the blue line, lets the other players bounce off of him as he steals the puck from them and draws a penalty. Like that's yeah. one of the most underrated things about Matthews' game is his his stick handling ability and his de- like deceptiveness when it comes to stealing pucks off other players causing rodriguez to hook matthews on this play and he just made rodriguez look like an ahl player honestly with how strong he was on the puck and the ability to spin off of him and rush towards the net while having um oliver ekman larson on his tail as well but this is what we need on our PK. And I mean, Matthews has been nothing but exceptional on the, with this new role, in my opinion. And tonight, there was even a shift with ne- William Nylander on the PK uh, in the third period there. And I thought he did pretty well as well. Yeah, Maple Leaf legend, Evan Rodriguez. Yeah, Yes. Really. <laughs> um, did we draft him? 
No, he was traded to us uh, from the Penguins when we traded Kapanen back to them. Ah, right. Right, yeah. Uh, Okay, so next one here from Adam Coburn at Adam Coburn. Should we be concerned at how lost at times McCabe has looked? How short of a leash does True Living give Keefe before handing him his pink slip? So first part, should we be concerned about how lost McCabe has looked at times? I think you said Samson off wrong, and yes, um, but, <laughs> but 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 no, oh, like that, I that's we, I thought we agreed he had a good game. He 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 was better, but I, I'm still. If I have any that, bit of concern for players right now, it's a, a little bit towards Sammy. That that were, that one play behind the net was a little um, squirrely. But no, with with yeah, with, with regards to McCabe, like. There is still going to be gaffes, and like he's never going to be your all-star number one defenseman. But even with his gaffes that he does have, he can still he still has the ability to recover. He still has the ability to to play the body, and to even if he makes the wrong move initially, he can still sometimes save himself. Unlike a previous defenseman who I I won't name. <laughs> Not Dion Phaneuf, Roscoe. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't going there, but they wore the same number. Well, that's. Um, I. That's the thing we had last episode. I totally <laughs> forgot that they all have worn number three. I forgot there was one in between. I, yeah. I was speaking about number three Bean, and he immediately refers to Dion Phaneuf, and I'm like Roscoe, Justin Hall. <laughs> you just oh, wanted sorry. to. You just wanted to bleach Hall from your mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I just, sorry. Really no, interesting. So, go go, sorry, go on. I have a fun thing after. No, no, I, I was just going to kind of wrap wrap up my thoughts on McCabe there. Like, there there is still some some worry, but I, I'm not, like, super, super worried with it because of the fact that he's a veteran. He's... he's sh- proven he has staying power in this league he can correct himself when he does these little mistakes even sometimes mid-play to get rid of the scoring chance right yeah i i know i brought him up a lot last episode as well and tonight we saw similar things i mean the second uh panthers goal it was all due to him behind the net not winning that puck battle and then um in the second period, he kind of redeemed himself a little when he laid out uh, Belinkis, uh, this newbie here. And also he led the defenders in hits tonight. So if someone was going to bring the boom, it was McCabe. I appreciate that. But <clears throat> unfortunately, he's still ending a minus one. I don't know if he's had a plus game yet this season. And I really hope he doesn't become the one to rag on. But I'm with you, Bean. He has to get better. He's a first-pairing defender coming from Chicago. You know, his partner was Seth Jones. Good things have to come for Jake McCabe. To be fair with that, though, I think Roscoe could have been a first-pairing defenseman on Chicago (laughs) last year. (laughs) Hey, and there would have been rumors about how the Leafs should probably pick me up because I'm doing okay for a shit team. Yeah. Right there with Connor Murphy. (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> so what I wanted to say is I just got an update. So um apparently bar down 
on TSN, sat down with the Leafs and asked them some fun questions. And one of them was, uh, who has the worst jersey and logo? And Ryan Reeves and Mitch Marner both said the Washington Capitals. And uh, Ryan Reeves specifically said, not a huge fan. You know what it is? It's the Capitals is in lowercase letters. I think they really dropped the ball on that. Figure that out, please. I've never noticed that the Capitals logo is all in lowercase letters. That's really stupid. Me either. But there's some logos, said, right? Marner said, I think all jerseys are pretty sick. Maybe just Washington because they don't have a lot going on color-wise or anything. But I think their jerseys are pretty clean. And then it says, worth noting, Marner plays for a team that just wears two colors. That facts. He hey, didn't bring up hey. the toilet seat. <laughs> I I think Montreal is almost off limits to talk about, especially as as Leaf fans, unfortunately, because of their success history wise. Um, mm-hmm. But you're forgetting we also have the St. Pat's jerseys. We have the Bieber jerseys. We have more than just blue and white. Come on. Yeah, but um, the interesting part of this jerseys. though is that apparently the Capitals finished 31st in home uniform voting and 31st in best logo voting for their current jersey. However, the Screaming Eagle sold out the reverse retro in 2020 in minutes and was voted fifth best in the NHL. So, And it was also voted the best logo from the Alex Ovechkin era. So really, all the Capitals have to do is put the other logo back on and everyone would be happy. So... Fun little thing there. I I do like that jersey. It was cool. Speaking of jerseys, how how nice is it to see the Flyers with their like throwback unis they're wearing this year? I was just watching the end the end of the Flyers Oilers game, and man, I I was expecting to see like Renberg or Lindros or someone out there. Like it was looking good. Oh, that's cool. I haven't seen them yet. And speaking of the Caps, I saw a little a little oh, stat today. Crazy. Alex Ovechkin, for the first time of his career, goes consecutive games without a shot on goal. That's yeah, not a good wild. season so far. One assist uh, in what four games? Uh, I know fantasy owners are appeased. So hopefully they pick it up and yeah, I'm rooting for them for the Sandine cause, of course, and being paired with John Carlson on that uh, first pairing. And I don't know, man, I don't know what's going on over there in uh, Cap City, but once we go there, they better not prove us all wrong. We better continue the slate of handing them losses but we'll see did you see the other part of that stat that he's only not registered a shot in like nine games in his entire career i did not yeah he's played like 12 or 1300 games and like that's insane wow but like is what we've all come to believe since 0506 false like he has been like the definition of consistency since he came into the league like russian machine never break right he's just he's been so consistent so it was all but a a foregone conclusion that he was going to break that record while father time waits for no man and apparently it may have caught up with obi again to quote the great justin bean uh it is early yeah i was just gonna (laughs) 
I was just going to say that. <laughs> it It is early, but when you have a, what, 0506 to now, like, that's 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 a hell of a sample size. So when yeah, you have that it, big of a sample size. It's not early as his career goes. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and it, it's not like we're talking about a, a Leafs team that has a whole bunch of new players and the whole team can get it around. It's this player has been doing the same thing for well over a decade. With relatively the Maybe same people. Maybe he's finally getting blocked. Yeah, Maybe. with what? relatively the same people. Teams are finally figuring out that OV stands in the exact same spot every single game and finally putting someone in front of him. I don't know. Only I'm took, speculating. I haven't only watched took 18 games, years, but right. And maybe that's why, but damn, like ugh. it's something definitely you don't expect. Um, one of my fantasy teams are definitely mad and yeah, we need some uh, movement, man. Okay, next question uh, from Maple at Maple JRR. I got another question. Can Klinkberg hit anything other than shin pads? I agree here only because, well, agree that he's been hitting shin, hitting shin pads because it feels like even tonight and the last seconds and yep. before the puck got cleared, it's like he released at the wrong moments. Like he, it was that a was... little too late. Like he kept. <sighs> It was like, oh, it was so frustrating. And someone would be in front and he he did have a lane and he, you would see that pass, but then he would wait too long and then take the shot or not pass. I'm like, no, like nine seconds left. Now it's freaking over. Like, no. Yeah. Even when they did score, he took like six seconds to shoot the puck when it got to Martyr there. It was like, what are you waiting for? And then... Yeah, like you said in the last minute there, everybody had an open lane and they chose to pass. And then finally Klingberg doesn't have an open lane and he shoots. Like that was that was like the entire game in a nutshell is like doing exactly the opposite of the thing you should do. Honestly, how many blocks tonight for Florida? Uh, 26 to hour 17 and maybe Ouch. six of them were blocked on Klingberg, Klingberg here. So... Yeah, I, I'm still waiting for the clapper. I want this guy to have zero hesitation when this puck comes flying towards him. I want him to get down on one knee and clap that towards the net. Uh, we have yet to see it. I don't know if he's a wrister, you know, kind of guy, but this is what he's been hyped to be, you know, controlling the point, quarterback backing this PP1. He did his job game one by keeping in the puck and we go to the shootout, whatever, but... We have to find consistency. Yeah. What about maybe giving more of the shot to Willie on the back end there? Like he's shown he's got a heavy, heavy shot. Fuck yeah. It please. may not be the fastest, but his, his shot gets through, right? Like it looks like he's already kind of playing that high forward defense position on the power play. And he's back there with Klingberg. They played together on the national team. They're, they have familiarity there. Um, I think that's definitely something to work to work towards, but I I do agree he does seem to hit a lot of shin pads. Like aside from helping weaken your opponents by knocking them down by smoking them with the puck, like that doesn't really help us too much. You have to find a way to get it through and get it on net. 
And Klingberg being a right-handed shot is perfect to feed Willie. Like, Riley could not feed Willie properly because he was left-handed. So please utilize William Nylander standing all alone in Ovi's circle there. Like, this, we, we've seen it already in the last three, four games, right? Like, two, two goals last game, scores another. Like, please just utilize your options. Just... Stop with the shin pads, guys. Okay, sorry. I'm, uh, I'm, I've had a very long week, so I don't know how much more of these we can do. So let's keep going here. Um, Classic Kyle's Misadventures, friend of the show. Is this it? Is the year over? Are we melting down over nothing? Yes, we are. Let me melt down over nothing. That's why I have a fucking podcast, okay? <laughs> Let me yell about shit. <laughs> Um, why hasn't Willie been re-signed yet? My mom has been asking me this for like two months. It's the only player she cares about on this team. Um, I honestly, we, we've kind of touched on this. I think it's going to have to wait until they, they figure out what they're doing with all these guys on the one-year deals when they figure out how much the cap is actually going up and where this team is at by the end of the year. I don't think they need to be in any hurry to get this done before you know May, June. Like, I think we're going to go right down to the wire before July 1st getting this done. And I don't hate it because I would rather them come out of it. Even if Willie has a great year, if they can somehow make it work in a way that uh, at least the team's not handcuffed. Like, I feel like now with the amount of uncertainty between goaltending, defense, and all these one-year deals, it just it doesn't make sense to sign another long-term deal right now and wrap up potentially like 80 or $90 million. Well, the other thing is the for another team to offer Willie what we're going to be able to offer him, you're pretty much going to have to go for an AAV of 11 mil. Like the Leafs can offer him 8 million at, or 8 years, sorry, at like 9.75 million and it'd still be more money than someone else offering him 7 years at 11 mil. Yeah, that extra year is their their bargaining chip with him. So, I if they can get him to 9.75, yeah. that's a perfect number. Agreed. Uh, next, is Leafs Nation the worst nation? Yeah, we mm. are. I'm proud to be. <laughs> worst and best. Yes. Yeah, like, I. it just comes down to the fact that there's so many of us and we're so hyper-focused and so, I mean, for the majority, the, I don't know, I don't want to sound cocky. I want to say, like, hockey educated but it's just there's so many more hardcore fans that so many more reactions happen like it's just a it's a population thing like if there were as many fans of the Leafs as there were of every other team you would have the same problem but there's just so fucking many it's the same thing with like we don't follow French sports news it's the exact same thing with Montreal and French we just don't see it because it's not in English for the most part like they jump on everything that happens there there's 9,000 podcasts following the Montreal Canadiens it's just it's all in French I I think we we just live and die when, by the team. When, and you also have to factor in the obvious low-hanging fruit that everybody also always picks on, right? Like, we're coming up on, like, I'm a second-generation Leaf fan who, like, okay, my dad was alive when they won in 67. Same. But he was four years old. Like, we're, we're coming up on two full generations without a championship, right? Like, 
So it, it, you get those extremes. You have all these people who they'll be happy with a hundred point season because that's the best thing they've ever seen. And then you have people complaining about it and we did, you know, that we haven't accomplished anything yet. Like it's, it's, there's, as you said, there's so many of us, we're so passionate and it's, it's been a long ass time. <laughs> yeah. Too long. Pain and curses and bullshit in between that do not help. So we're changing the narrative. And what are the winning lottery numbers? Uh, 34, 16, 88, 3, 11, and uh, I don't know. I've ran out of leaf numbers. How dare you put Klingberg and Domi in there before 91? <laughs> Kyle, you tell us. You're in Australia. You're in the future. Uh, so speaking of, speaking of 91, I did not notice the Ferris tonight. Tavares had a good couple chances, actually. I might have been. I might. I was power... in a bar. I was eating and drinking. I might have missed a few things, but like of what I saw, I really didn't. So I'm just hating. Also, he was a big con- um, contributor on this Marner goal because it was um, JT behind, or sorry, it was Willie behind the net, and JT was right in the slot getting fed fri- from uh, Willie, and then uh, Marner right on the doorstep. So with these oh, three right. guys, like that power play goal wouldn't have happened. Uh, he had plenty of chances um, in and around the net, and also jumping with Geo to save sammy's back there in the first period um this was kind of you know everyone had a kind of shit game and tonight again jt leading the way on the dot with 60 percent uh matthews was 50 domi 50 but then minton and camp uh 27 for camp minton was 36 and i've been you know applauding his face-off dot percentage this entire season thus far but other than that uh other things did not go their way <laughs> yeah um casper j b p v f m uh so should six players be able to beat four yeah that that whole six on four at the end you were gifted that power play and i don't understand what happened like it was pass 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 and like i said klingberg with three guys in front of him shoots it it's like what the f- you called a timeout like also how I don't understand how that puck skipped off of Matthew's stick and went out. Like that was the weirdest thing. Like he took a pass and it just went doop. Yeah. Like deflected. That's because the, the shots that you're asking Klingberg to do from the point, he did on that pass. Like <laughs> aside from tickling the rafters with his stick, that was a bullet pass. Hot potato. Was it? Oh, I thought it was Martyr that passed that one. Yeah. Klingberg. <clears throat> Yeah, that was a bad six on four. I could be mistaken. That was the first, and again, I that timeout thought... was the first time we saw um, Guy Boucher kind of take the reins of the team and, and draw out the plans. So uh, first, it first, was showing, first showing was not good. <laughs> Boucher well, did that in game one. Yeah, I was just about to oh, say, and it worked you're twice. Right. You're how much did you drink tonight, Roscoe? No, it's not that. It's that I, I haven't. I was working through the first couple of games. Remember, you guys had to tell me what was going on. I missed most of them. Right, right. Oh yes, um, yes. 
So yeah, you don't remember <clears throat> me commenting about everybody's favorite Bond villain? Right, 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 right. <laughs> it was funny when I saw him behind the bench before he like looked up. I was like, "Who is that?" And then I look up and I see the scar. I'm like, "Oh, it's Boucher." Right, forgot he's there. It's so weird. I. I never knew until they hired yeah. him. When I looked it up, I was like, wait, where is the scar from? I didn't know it was the mystery. Like, no one knows. He won't tell anybody. Like, his kids don't even know. Yeah, everybody's mm-hmm. got to have a secret, right? Um, oh. Benito the Basset Hound. Just happy to have you fellow nerds back. Oh, thanks, Benito. Uh, welcome back to Leaf's annual slow start slash Leaf Twitter meltdown. It wouldn't be the same without it. That's what we come back for every year. At least this year, I can bust the concussion convoy's balls. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Aaron <laughs> at Easy Lifeguard 79. Which one of these happens first? Oh, yeah, we did this one. The goal from the defenseman or mitten goes back to Kamloops. Um, you did fun guy. Mikey D, the Rolling Stones and Sam Roberts band have new albums releasing tomorrow. Which album are you listening to first? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Sorry, Mikey. I I could not be less excited for either of those bands to put a new album out. Um, Mikey, are you 40? Did I miss something? Yes. That's he listens to classic rock and he is, that is the appreciate most you, buddy, rock. but he is a dad rock man. And uh, yeah, to be fair, I had no idea that the albums were being released. So sorry to disappoint. And I probably won't be listening to either until it comes <laughs> onto a playlist. Um, well, I knew Hackney Diamonds was coming out um soon so i'll I'll be giving that a listen because that's kind of my my wheelhouse with regards to music as well but i I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily (laughs) say i'm i'm super excited about it but that being said my wife and i went to a bare naked ladies concert earlier this year uh last month and it was the night before they released their new album and it's actually got some good songs on it nice nice Um, one of which i I know completely relate to as a dad called too old and the the um chorus is i'm too way too old for this shit so it's 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 good nice um so my two i i don't really like i haven't been going on albums i've just kind of like you know songs come up in my thing um my new my new jams uh oh timbaland nelly Furtado, and justin timberlake put a new song out after a bajillion years it's it's okay how do I, how would I put it? It's like a seven and a half out of 10. Like it, it, when you listen to it, you're like, oh, this is, this is that, this is them. This is a two thousands jam, but it's not long enough. And there's just two verses at the beginning. And then it just kind of is like instrumental and like kind of the song dies halfway through. And it's not, I don't know. It's the, the, the composition and the content is what you would expect from them, but it's just, it's not long enough. And the structure of the song isn't great, but Otherwise, it's cool to hear from them again after a really long time. Um, I'm, one... I'm really looking forward to the next Zilstra song. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I But what I was going to say is I, I really hope that this is a um, uh, sneak peek that we're going to get Shock Value 3 from Timbaland because that would be amazing because Shock Value 2 came out in like 2009. And I don't know if you, do you guys know these albums, Shock a... Value? Like, this is where we got the likes of I don't like, apologize with One Republic and like the way I are and 
Um, oh, um, bangers. What's the other one? Um, oh, my God. Carry Out with Justin Timberlake on uh, the second one. Like all the, I think Promiscuous might have been on. You've yet to name a song I've heard of. <laughs> too late Bounce to apologize. with Missy Elliott, Justin Timberlake, Dr. Dre. Come like on. there's just, um, yeah, like, you know, Apologize by One Republic. Come on. Give it to me, Justin Timberlake, Nelly. Like, there's there's so many good songs on these albums. That was like the bangers that Timberland put out when we were kids. But like, it hasn't come out since 2009, and now they're back together. And I, I just I want the I want the album. Also, Is Tame Impala young... and Liliati have a song that I really like called "Breathe Deeper." But that's my that's my music update. Is this the uh... Young Timbaland coming out, super excited, Roscoe. Yes, this is—he's my fucking idol. He always has been. AKA your DJ name or whatever the hell. Oh, that was just like called. my bio on my SoundCloud. <laughs> Young Timbaland. Yeah, man. Um, okay, last one here from my questions. This is a this one when I read it, I was like, "Fuck, this is a good question." Mike the Fanatic of Inside of the Rink, Bertuzzi, Domi, Klingberg, Yarncroke, Camp, Brody, combined cap hit of $22.15 million. And what do they truly bring to the table? There's so much dead weight on this team early on. Also, which defenseman are you trading for this weekend? Something has to give. Um, the fact that Timmons is, I mean, are we really like holding on to Connor Timmons being the difference maker on this fucking defensive core? Because yes, we can keep saying, oh, Gio will come out and Timmons will go in. I really don't think that's going to make a massive difference. Like, fuck, man, he's got a point. I don't, I don't think like, like, yes, we're paying Bertuzzi, Domi, and Klingberg a lot of money. Yes, Yarn Croak is a bit of a plug sometimes. Camp is overpaid for his position. And Brody is Brody. There's a lot of like, it's a lot of dead money there. Not saying those guys are useless, but there's a lot of money wrapped up in, in those guys that aren't exactly contributing $22.5 million worth of uh, production, you know? But are we talking $22.5 million worth of production in 2023 or in 2020 or 2019? Like, it's an average contracts of are signed at different points in, in time well yeah which realistically that shouldn't be considered astronomically high if it wasn't for batman's nhl right like it, it I, I get what he's trying to say but it it's we shouldn't have a team full of eight hundred thousand dollar guys no and but i think i'm the not point is, is here saying the best that use of the money potentially for what was available like you also have to look at who's actually come up available free agency wise we're not going to be going and trading because anybody you have to trade for you're either trading an a current asset on your team or all of your futures away dumbo right? was available and we signed Klingberg. yeah and the not leafs to, not to ditch on the guy but sorry steph but no go ahead why was he made available for so long why did it take so long? And why was the only place that would actually sign him Arizona? Money. Teams didn't have the cap space. They committed to people early on. There were only so many spaces. Like this is where we're at with a flat cap. Is once the first, once the forwards and the top couple guys get signed, like 
it's this is what we talk about is these middle guys the four to six million dollar players are the ones who are losing their jobs over the salary cap so it has nothing to do with people not wanting him it's no one can afford a, a contract like that everyone's either paid ten million dollars or nine hundred thousand there is virtually no in between anymore And with the six players named uh, by Mike, three out of six are newbies. And I know it's game four. I'm going to use Bean's answer here. I think it's a little too early. We're still finding our way. These are guys that we've wanted. I mean, on the back end anyways, the Leafs had problems with carrying the puck into the zone and getting offense from our defenders. So Klingberg is supposed to answer that call. Bertuzzi and Domi, again, the physicality and that scoring touch. But keep in mind, too, with Kampf, he is carrying the bottom six centers right now. Even though Minton has been holding his own, he's still a rookie in the NHL, and Camp has been tossed between this, the third and fourth line. So, like, it, it's going to take time. People are still gelling. I agree about Brody eventually because of that cap hit. And Yarkroak, right, he's our new Kerfoot in a sense. And for the deal that we got him four years, and it was, what, 2.5 a year, and for his capability of being a 20-goal scorer, I think that's a steal for Yarkroak. But tonight, unfortunately, everyone got called out, right? Like, everyone pretty much had a horrible game. So this is a small sample size. Tonight, the eye test didn't do it for anyone, and... Like saying, what do they truly bring to the table? I think that's what time will tell. Like, let's let's get out this road trip. Let's do twenty games and then reassess. No, I, I think that's a good point. Like, time will tell what they truly bring. I think you said it best that Yarncroke and Brody are probably the biggest question marks, just because we've seen the most out of them. That is maybe moving in a, a direction worth talking about, not necessarily a bad direction, but just. You know, it's on the radar, like you said, um, a la Kerfoot and such, where we might just, you know, watch for the mistakes instead of the positives, which means we're, you know, it's like when you're looking for ways to, <laughs> it's like when you're looking to get out of a relationship and everything's wrong, you know, it's, let's just look for all the bad things till we, till, so it's easier to let go of yarn croak. Um, so I think yeah, it might be, it... it might come down to just where his production's at come December with him and Brody. Right. And even with Marner, right? Like if he didn't score tonight, people would be saying, oh, Marner didn't score in four or five games. What's going on with Marner? So I'm glad he got yeah. that monkey off his back. Yarn Krogh got that last game. Um, I would love to see Camp score a goal, right? Just to shut up everyone. You know, Camp always does his job. Um, tonight he didn't do his job on the dot. Um properly but Keith didn't run the bottom six very much like they were all averaging between six and 11 minutes like they he was really focusing on the top six tonight and plus the special teams oh my god we were constantly on the power play on the power kill and it just was all over the place so it's really hard to assess when you don't have much even even ice agreed um, I have a couple more that came in, but let's go to your questions here, Steph. So, um, DJ okay. Rabbit, Chris Roche. So, why do the Leafs have so much trouble with the Panthers? I mean, really, I'll wrap the other one in here. Um, <clears throat> Martin A. Black at Black RV Guy 
Panthers love playing our soft D below the goal line. They beat us to the puck all night and screen Sammy all night. Didn't get a touch. Really, like they play such a a covering, smothered, physical game that like it just it's the perfect counter to the Leafs. You know, set up, do the play. You know, get the right pass. Like they get thrown off so easily. It seems still. So it's just it's a really good matchup for the Panthers as far as their their styles go. And the, and the Leafs are really going to have to figure out how to counter teams like this because this is the way that everybody's moving. So they got to adjust somehow or at least figure out how they can shift the – like we said last year where there were a lot of times where, you know, as long as the Leafs can set up their game, like they destroy teams like New Jersey it, who would wipe the floor with everybody else. It's like, no, but tonight it's, it's our night. So they just got to figure out how to turn the tables like that on a team that's just going to push them around and – I don't mean start a fight with them. I don't mean injure Sam Bennett when he comes back. It's like they really just need to figure out how to make that uh, style of play a little more useless against them, which I know sounds impossible and silly, but they they got to figure something out. Agreed. Uh, McDuster705. Uh, defensive core work this whole year. I, I don't think so, and I don't think they're going to keep it the whole year. Um, I mean, we'll see when Timmons comes back and they get a look at everybody, but I think there might be another adjustment down the line. I don't know. What do you guys think? Tree Living did say he was maybe looking for a physical defender around trade deadline like i on i'm predicting around the trade deadline he's going to be getting someone that brings the boom um but right now honestly i like this core um there's good there's pros and cons of course but i think their potential is through the roof like i seriously believe like this addition of klingberg like once he starts to gel like they are pretty lethal and if riley finds his um, postseason groove and you know brody gets back into being a block machine and lily clapping that bomb you know mckay bringing the boom too like i i honestly think this they can do well but i'm an optimist right i always want the leafs to do well um but we'll see. I definitely think they can. <clears throat> like there might be a, a tweak here and there, but I don't think we're going to see anything like a, a Pareko type move that people are calling for. Like you'll see a, a Shen style, like Shen Labushkin, Bogosian, someone like that coming in that they've done before. And yeah, it, essentially it'll probably be just to shut the media up. Like they're truly Ben. I'm, I'm with you, Steph. There's a lot of... Yeah, Jordy Ben. There's a lot of potential with this group. And like we have to... We have to... <laughs> allow, well, he doesn't really fit that mold. We no, have I'm to just allow, allow them don't play to, to get, to get their, their skates under them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Practice handi- handling those hot and ready passes. I mean, Klingberg playing steadily with the top six. Uh, just find their their groove. Even Bertuzzi, right, looking at a place because he he's not expecting the quick pass or the no look behind the behind the back. You know, sneaky little trick from Marner or whatever. Like, I think it's just going to take time. 
Okay, last one here. Cap Canuck 62 with the most it's too early season uh, question. Is Keith the coach at the end of the year? Hundred bucks says yes. I'm with Bean. I think like, so. This guy uh, has a winning record. He's proven. Yeah, I feel like we're going to hit that weird Dwayne Casey era where he's going to win the Jack Adams and also get fired. <laughs> like, if the Leafs get knocked <laughs> out of the playoffs again, but they win the President's Trophy, like, he's getting fired. Like, that's kind of goes without saying at this point. I think it's just that, that weird spot where, yes, but you can't, like this is not what we're what you're here for like you're not here we know that we can get a 100 point regular season fucking i could coach like shanahan i could do this from my office coach this team to a 100 point season i need somebody that's going to take them through the playoffs and i think that's kind of where we're at now um i i don't know how much the regular season points matter to the ownership at this point with the team they've put together it's kind of if you aren't doing that what the hell did we tank for all those years for? What did we spend all this money for? Like, you know, I think the expectation is you're a top three team in the East, regardless of who's coaching. 100%, especially with our roster on paper, the expectation of being Leafs Nation in general. Um Top three, easily. And contracts expiring. Like, people have jobs to save and we've said this the last couple of years with Kyle Dubas right like this is kind of his final year to keep his job and then look what kind of happened so I think the same things on the line for Keith this year and William Nylander for example so I expect great things yeah I don't know um I do think that it's going to be, I know they signed him too. Did, they, did we know how long the extension was? Was it just this year or two? I think it was two. Um, I know the Leafs I think don't it was love two. Paying, paying a coach that's not working for them, but I, I really think that it's going to be about results outside of the regular seasons, especially since we've made it over that first round hump and it's not, you know, we can chalk it all up to the curse and nobody can get this team out of the first round. Now it's, okay, Keith, you did. Uh, we've given. We've spent the money to bring in other players we spent the draft capital we moved on from sandine we moved on from you know first round pick and everything to uh, bring in players that that you and brad wanted that you said dubas didn't give you and you know now you have to show results or you know i i gotta can you like they're the medias and the fan base are going to come for him because really people were calling for it last year people were surprised that he didn't go when dubas left so i think yeah, if they don't get at least out of the first round, um, I think he's gone. I, I I still think with Trey Living coming out over, like he's definitely done his homework, and I can guarantee you he had long conversations with Matthews, with Marner, with Tavares, with everybody on that team who matters with regards to their thoughts on Keith if he can do it. So I, I don't think there's a question at this point of a leash. I know everybody always says a GM comes in and, and they have that, that one firing to get their guy in. But I, I don't see that, especially not this year, unless all of a sudden they go for a tank. 
but it's it, I'll, I'll end the show the way I started it. It's it's early. <laughs> Appropriate. Uh, Stephanie, closing argument here before we head out. Um, no, I completely agree with Bean, and we'll just have to wait till next time facing the Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. which is on November 28th, and the next two times after that are in April. Oh. So we'll have our rematch next month, and we oh. see Tampa next game on Saturday. So we'll clean up that Florida road trip and hopefully get something, a couple points there. And yeah. Game four of the season, guys. I agree with you, Bean. It's hard not to nitpick all the stuff, but at the same time, it's game four. It will get better. I'd rather this, again, game four than game 80. So let's clean up the stuff now, talk about it, see what Keith proposes, and move forward. Yeah, it's like I said, this was the year where they needed to get off to a good start. And so far, it's been shaky. So, yeah, they got new guys. Um, There's a lot of turnover. There's a couple injuries still kicking around. So they really, these next couple games, like I don't want to give them too much of a runway here because I've kind of, I set my expectations pretty high for what they got to kick off the, uh, the Atlantic with. So I'm hoping for a turnaround within the next few games. And, uh... Thanks for sending in all the questions, guys. That's really like, you know, the core of this whole episode is is thanks to you guys. So I appreciate all of you who follow and send that into uh, to Stefan at the end of the show. It's uh, what makes this go round, you know? Yeah, yeah. Always love the questions. And I'm just looking at the rest of the league's um, record right now just to see if, you know, other great teams are doing badly but most of the atlantic even ottawa i know the devils have very high expectations and they're one one and one um even you know the dallas stars uh being one oh and one like it's still so early winnipeg jets right one and three um we're two and two yeah i mean let's oilers one and three edmonton is Yo, their goaltending situation gets worse and worse every game. No one likes leaky soup. And, (laughs) oh, the stew has also been leaking all over the place. I just picture... I just picture someone up in the Edmonton office pulling a, a superintendent Chalmers Skinner. <laughs> Skinner. That's amazing. All right. With that, we out. Thanks, guys. Good night. Uh, maybe not. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And go check out Sports is Fun for a fun, fun, fun new episode.